Hey everybody, this is Dave Lane. Happy to join you today with the Toast to Growth podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you achieve growth, have fun, and win along the way. We're going to be talking to different partners of ours from all across the beverage space, different people that we're going to engage with and ask them how they achieve growth, how they help their team grow, how they help their customers grow, and how they've had a good time doing it all the way. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. Nick Lapresti. Nick. Good morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. Nick is our marketing man. Brilliant. Figures out how to get stuff done. And he helps us grow. So we thought it was fitting that we sit here with Nick while he described to us how he's gotten where he's gotten and what's really worked for him to achieve growth. I always look back at my life, and there are two pretty big occasions where I considered a risk, but it was a really looking back an opportunity to grow. When I was 18, I left Massachusetts for Texas. I had no family, no friends here, uh, no real reason to be here except thought it sounded like the place to go for college. And uh, I did that. And I, I like to joke now that I'm 17 years into a four-year plan. <laughs> and then I did the same thing when I started in the alcohol industry. I was living in Fort Worth, uh, wanted a fresh start, clean start, and had an opportunity in San Antonio. And I took it. Uh, I think those two moments looking back defined my life. And uh, every decision since then has been a part of that. That's great. So, so I want to make sure everybody captures that. Nick was doing well up in the Northeast. Everything's good. And then he decided to take a flyer and move and go into a new uh, state where he hadn't lived before. And it, uh, it not only got him some fun new experiences, but he's telling us that was a big part of his growth. You consider that your biggest single growth moment or driver to your life? Everything from that moment. I, I'm coming up next August will be... Uh, I also spent more of my time in Texas than in Massachusetts, and all of that has been as an adult learning and growing and no safety net and, and just trying to make it on my own. So I do. I do. Everything from that moment has, has led me to today. So, Nick, why don't you put, uh, if you're 50-50, why don't you have a flag in Massachusetts <laughs> on your back wall to join your Texas flag? The Commonwealth is not as proud as Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I know the Texas folks are proud. Uh, there is no doubt about that. <laughs> I had the, the, the good fortune of meeting Nick when uh, we started working together at RNDC. You know, right away, uh, when Nick came on board, I realized that we could more completely partner with marketing to uh, amplify uh, the effectiveness of the sales team calling on the chains. And I, th- I think it's been a good adventure so far. And obviously, you have a lot of stuff that, that, that you push for and that you drive with. What, what's something that fires you up? Like when you, need, when you need to get that energy going and rolling, what fires you up? I'm motivated by loss because I, I hate losing more than I love winning. Oh Lord, you're gonna get me on that. <laughs> I I do. It's the real it's the realest thing and my biggest motivator for, for work and professional life is I never wanna go back to where I was in two thousand eleven where I was working two jobs, one during the day at sales and uh, one at night in a gas station. I was doing it to get by, but it's, I never want to go back to that. So my career motivation is to never go back to that moment. So it's what what do I do to make myself better to further distance myself from that? Pain a loss sucks. I hate it. I've been competitive my whole life and sports and work, and I hate losing. <laughs> you know, they do they do say you, you you learn more through a failure than you do through a success. So you would you would say that's how it works for you? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit uh, maybe the easier statement is what did you learn from failure but I want to I want to know somewhere where you won and then that really drove powerful change anyone that has hired me I've wanted to prove them right and the role getting the roles has been a success for me personally 
But I've always wanted to prove that person right. It's why I actually had such a huge issue leaving Southern or Glazers when it was still Glazers is because they're the company that hired me from Fort Worth to move to San Antonio. I felt loyalty. I felt like I'm going to prove you guys right and you took the chance on me. Um, but it was the right choice to leave and I'm happy I did. But anytime, like especially going from consumer insights into trade marketing management, that took a couple grade levels. It took uh, Robert Olivares and Scott Lambert going to bat for me. I, w- I just want to prove them right. That, that, so, so my success, I guess, is fueled by wanting to help Proof them. I don't know. It's you still got that little. You use that chip to drive yourself yeah, forward, man. I do. Yeah, you're like you're like you know. Screw you guys. I'm gonna go rock this stuff because I ain't gonna lose. Right. So it's not in my head. head that, what's that? <laughs> it, losing's not in my head. I hate it, but so I guess it is in my head a little bit. But I, I, it's not in my head that I'm going to fail. I don't. That's not gonna happen. So I'll do whatever it takes to. That's not. that's good. That's good. You know, a lot of people get fearful of, of of victories, and and they're fearful that they're gonna lose. You shouldn't do it. Just kick it no. in his teeth. Yeah. Well, and you know that I love Tom Brady. <laughs> I do know you love Tom and, Brady, and you know I love Tom Brady now. Well, you should. <laughs> but he he, and it's not his quote. He's attributed it to someone before him. But his quote, uh, it was either about Super Bowls or rings or victories. But he always says, like, when people ask me what was my favorite victory or Super Bowl. He always says the next one. Amen, man. And I, I, am, I am, I am loving that, and uh, I guess the proof is in the pudding on that one. Yeah, because he's got seven of them. So you're, you're, a, you're, you're a strong athlete, I'm sure. But I, I, you know, you didn't land a career in the NFL, and uh, so I'm curious. When did you know a career in the in the beverage industry was right for you? When when did it start really gr- hitting the, its stride, and, and you felt good about it, and uh, it just seemed like it was right. For me, it was really probably my sixth or seventh year in it. And uh, it was when I joined the uh, R&DC marketing team. To that point, I'd only been in sales, um, retail wine mostly, for six plus years. And I mean, that was six days a week, every Sunday for six years and holidays crazy. And I didn't know. I loved it. It was good to the family. We, you know, I worked hard, so I, I earned my paycheck. Um but then when I joined the team, I started seeing the industry as a whole and all the, the reach and the people in it. I saw there might be a, a real future in this, not just a day-to-day in the market. To, so I can stop working in the business and start working for the business. Um, so it, it took six years, but I, I, it's almost been a decade now. So <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, it go, and it goes by uh, fast. But especially because the last time I was up in Fort Worth was about 10 years ago before I moved. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew how it goes by? But yeah, yeah, six years, six years in the industry. And I was, there's the future. <laughs> yeah, right on. You know, it's what, what I like about you finding your path in the, in the, in the industry is that um, a lot of people get in because it's kind of fun and interesting and it's something that they can relate to or they have some kind of passion around the learning. And I know that was an early indicator for me. I, I just like to learn. Yeah. And so... So I was getting into finding out about all these wine regions and, and distillation methods and all that. And uh, but but really kind of got it even more is the, the fun you can have and the joy that you really discover in the industry. You know, people aren't really that upset when they're talking to you about their favorite wine varietal or what they want to pair with food. And it's just such a great social lubricant and it's just a killer job but the other thing that i found to be awesome is with all of our networks and all of our supplier partners and all of our customer partners there are so many avenues for growth yeah and and you know what i i'm I'm happy with the growth i've achieved in my career but what really fires me up is the growth i help others achieve Mm -hmm. and so on that note i wanted to see if you could think of 
some examples uh, where you've helped others grow. When I was a sales rep, I was one of the veteran ones. So I would, anytime we'd have new hires, and you know this in a sales organization, you have a lot of turnover and a lot of new sales reps. So every September, I'd have the new reps over to my apartment or like a restaurant. We'd just get together and I'd kind of just talk to them about the next three months. Like we're, It's going to be a little bit crazy and you probably are going to want to quit. <laughs> Don't. You'll really enjoy that paycheck come end of October. Um, so I took a chance to teach them at that moment. And then now three years into the marketing team and, and with three roles in the company, I try to reach out to the new hires, get to know them. We got to know our producer a little bit uh, through a couple of calls. And that's, that's really how I guess I try and I'm not in a leadership role, but it doesn't mean I can't be a leader. And I, I try and just show them what I've learned and, and if it helps them at all in terms of uh, my, my growth for their career, great. And if, if they just take away a good conversation, then that's good too. I think a lot about this kind of stuff. And you said you're not in a leadership role. I actually think that all of us in our lives are in leadership roles. You, there's the leadership roles that a company assigns you to, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's uh, roles that need to be filled, buckets that need to be filled, tasks that need to be done, whatever. And, and look, those are more clear-cut standard uh, perceptions of leadership roles. And, and I think that yields a little bit of control that maybe doesn't exist if you don't have that role ascribed to your name. But I think you actually are demonstrating bigger leadership because you're working with a lot of strong-willed folks who are pretty confident in who they are. And and I, I feel, and I think this is a big growth uh, tool, I feel the strongest leadership comes from influencing. Mm -hmm. I think the control is an illusion, actually. You know, my opinion is that I could be thinking my day is the best day in the world and I could trip on a curb and break my leg. I don't have any control on that. It just happened. Uh, but influence. Influence yeah. is powerful. Yeah. You know, and, and that's really, that's, uh, you know, I know from working with you on, on my team, I appreciate your influence. You. And, and uh, I think those who master influence are more ready for the standard leadership roles later. Well, and when we did that strengths finder a couple of months ago, one of my top five was woo. And that's what woo is, is the ability to influence, win favor. And, and I like that. And it's, I think it's part of why being in this organization is good. It's a sales organization. So it's good to help win favor and influence people. I'm 35 now and I hope to have another 20 years plus influencing the organization for the better. That is awesome. So I have one more uh, question for you on influence. So what are your go-to podcasts, go-to books, go-to resources that you use to help make sure that you stay growth uh, focused and, and always winning? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that it has a lot to do with growth. I listened to the Pat McAfee show almost probably two three times a week and it's a sports focused he used to be a punter for the colts i don't know if you, you probably remember watching football but that one's a little just fun and it, it keeps you on your toes a little bit but specifically for growth nothing nothing in the realm of podcasts so much but i'll, I'll listen every now and then to a couple psychological ones brene brown okay oh, brene, my, my wife listens to brene brown i go back actually to some of the books from college i'll reread um the Dowdy Ching a lot. <laughs> it's a simple little Eastern philosophy book about knowing your place and, and in the world, not just like getting your spot, but but more of a how you can fit in with the world and the flow of nature and time. And it's like it grounds you. And for me, that that's pretty good. Inner peace, I think, helps you grow. And then um, I don't know if you've ever read Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah. I read that a long time ago. I still have it. Long. Yeah. yeah. I'll read that. And then um, Malcolm Gladwell's Outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll reread those from time to time, um, especially as time goes by and you reread his book about you know, a thousand hours to be good at anything or great at anything. Yeah. It's like, all right, you, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But See, her neck is just a thousand. Because that fucker is really good. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't I <laughs> but I, I do need to expand. And like you recommended the new book that I, I read, and I'm working on another one for our team. And this, yeah, yeah. What what marketers don't know. Uh, yeah. Smarty shit. Um, if you, uh, the Malcolm Gladwell has another book he wrote before that, that was David and Goliath. And it was really about how small firms and small task force and small teams can overwhelm the more established, bigger teams just by being more focused on the mission. So I'd, I'd, I'd recommend if you like the Gladwell books, I'd recommend that. Um, but look, that's awesome. So just as we leave, if you were talking to your dog and and your dog did something bad, I want you to I want you to t- tell us how you would I want you to act out. You know what would you say or do to the dog to get it to behave? And, and put some put some uh, emotion into it. What would you do? The dog's right in front of you. The dog just did something bad. What are you doing? She's pretty good. So, uh, Anakin, you know better. <laughs> and she looks and she'll duck. She'll tuck her tail and probably start walking towards your kennel. Uh, and I'm like, all right, all right. There it is. Look at that influence. He doesn't have to get crazy. He just uses that influence. Well, look, uh, Nick, I appreciate you, you, your uh, work as a partner. I appreciate uh, your time in on this project. I appreciate you uh, working with us. And uh, let's let's keep doing more fun growth things like this. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.